1: this is husker online your authority on nebraska athletics in this weekly show the husker online team will give you the latest insight on husker football basketball baseball and of course recruiting now here's your host husker online publisher sean callahan
0: hello and welcome again to another edition of the husker online show sean callahan robin washett nate Klaus. Bringing on in to this lovely 4th of July weekend. Hope everybody is off somewhere with a drink and a hot dog or a burger. Um, enjoying it because, guys, you get these Saturday 4th of Julys. I mean, Friday is the observed holiday day, so Thursday night's a party, Friday night's a party, Saturday night's a party. It's, it's going to be a great weekend um, just around your neighborhoods. Obviously, people can't really travel and get into big gatherings, but just a nice uh, way to celebrate the holiday here this weekend.
2: Yeah, it's uh, you know it also sets up for you know people <laughs> to have basically two full weeks of, of fireworks going off. I saw a thing; I think the, the city announced like 295 calls complaining about fireworks from June 1st to July 1st. So uh, people are getting it into the full extent this year.
1: Yeah, it's a, that's always like a war zone in my neighborhood. Mine too. For yeah. South Lincoln is yeah. basically <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's wild, but yeah, it's not often that you get uh, the Fourth of July on Saturday, so. Definitely gonna enjoy the weekend yeah you,
0: you get the the fireworks in the city of Lincoln they don't start selling them until July 3rd but you can drive over to Hickman or Roca the neighboring right. towns and we made the drive over and picked up uh, just some snaps and smoke bombs nothing nothing crazy no no artillery shells or anything like that yeah <laughs> but guys uh, Scott Frost did an interview um, with both the state's major newspapers this week um, confirming that they've had five players. Uh, test positive for COVID nineteen over the, since April, so not just like recently, but this is over their entire stretch. Uh, the percent positive rate really was in the three percent, which is low, about as low as you see on coronavirus testing data out there. I think the state in the last couple of weeks has been in the five percent range statewide. Um, but you know, it just led to a lot of topics, a lot of discussion as we move forward. And I thought one of the more interesting things Scott Frost said during that interview. Um, was, you know, people act like if we just stop playing football, that's going to stop the spread of the coronavirus. There's this notion out there. Football is going to be this big spreader. But if anything, you look at how things are. They are in a controlled environment. They're testing guys regularly. They're feeding them in a controlled environment. They're sanitizing and separating guys, doing all these extra precautions. And if you take football away, you take that away. What's it going to look like? What are guys going to be doing um, you know, what, what's your motivation at that point without a football season academically? And what do you think 19 to 22 year old kids are going to do? Just sit inside and, and do nothing for the next year? I mean, I, I thought he made a really good point there that if anything, they're at least trying to keep things safe and paying the money to make sure things stay
2: safe. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's issues involved with trying to uh, have a sport with 150 guys uh, and limit the, the spread of an infectious disease. But the other hand of that is, so you call off football, then what happens? You know, I mean, you're basically leaving a bunch of college-age kids to, to their own devices and expecting them to uh, keep themselves safe in every walk of life, outside of that structure and bubble of the football program. And, yeah, I I mean, I think there are certainly uh, cases to be made that players are safer in uh, the the, the realm of football, where your meals are all provided. uh, Places where you eat, places where you sleep, places where you uh, do your studying are all sanitized, and everything is basically uh, as controlled and contained as any place you're you're going to experience uh, as a person of that demographic, so uh, yeah, I think Frost made a really good point. That is true. It doesn't get talked about enough. People just think, well, you got a bunch of guys playing a sport where you tackle each other, they're going to pass a disease. Well, uh, they're going to get it. No matter what, football or not, uh, and so you know I would at least try to keep guys isolated to where you know you have uh, the resources and the infrastructure available to them that will keep them much safer probably than they would be if they were left on their own.
1: Uh, to me, it's it's about having something bigger than themselves to to worry about. I think that when you have an entire team, when you kind of feel the responsibility for doing the right things so you're not spreading something to an entire team to all your teammates to your coaches to the support staff and and now everybody else that you come in contact with on a daily basis that's going to you know help slow the spread but if you don't have anything to worry about you're probably not going to be as careful you're, you're probably you know not going to be as mindful where you're going and who you're hanging around with and if you're wearing your mask or if you're washing your hands or whatever the case may be so i i agree with frost i, I think that um, canceling football or shutting football down is, is not going to do anything to, to slow the spread. If anything, it might even make it worse.
0: And it's going to hurt everybody more. I yeah. mean, the economies that it's going to hit, um, you, you just look at what college football means to different states and communities, the businesses. I mean, I, I told you guys before the show, I, I named a couple of South Lincoln restaurants that have closed their doors. And imagine no Nebraska football. I mean, we already know it's probably going to be limited attendance as it is. Um, but, you know, we, we sit here in the heart of the Haymarket, right in the rail yard, and we look out our window and we see empty signs. We see empty buildings right now that haven't been able to make it in the current state of things. Take away what brings hundreds of thousands of people to this town every week. It's scary to think what could happen to some of these hotels and businesses and other things. And then the athletic department, as we know, a lot of longtime people um, are done on June 30th. They, they were victims to this, lost their jobs out of this. What would happen if if we didn't have all the football revenue? How many more jobs would get cut? So it it, it has a, a huge effect on so many things when you start to think about the impact of what football means, not just to the players, but to
2: everyone else in the state and so that's the hard balance to it all is there are consequences that are extremely severe on either side so um you know what happens if they go you know full steam ahead and play football and then a player that uh for one reason or another has uh, you know compromised immune system or you know pre-existing condition what if you are the program that has the first college football player that dies the liability involved there i mean is massive and so that's what i think a lot of schools and you know programs are looking at is Yes, we understand the financial and um, just all the other aspects that are involved uh, with consequences of not having football. But you know, we, do we want to be deal with the other consequences of you know playing this thing? And so, I don't know. I, I mean, that's why these guys are having conversations daily for hours. But that
0: same guy could get sick and die not it. playing football. But. By playing football, it gives you something to go after.
2: But at the same time, just think of the attention that we brought upon your program. You know, Nebraska football had the first college football player that died. You know, I mean, there's going to be headlines. Everywhere, uh, there's already quite the the narrative going on that you know college football. Should but you not realize, be like
0: in the SEC footprint, there wasn't one death under the age of 25. I get it. I get there hasn't it. been one. I mean, look,
2: I hope they play football 100, percent and I think they should play football in, in at least some capacity. There needs to be some form of a season. Now, if you restructure the way the season is and don't play a full uh, slate, uh, you play you know maybe regional games or whatever it may be. I think they have to make something happen because I agree with you. I think the consequences of uh, as far as, you know, full scale of what not having football compared to having football, it's, you know, I mean, I'm it's a risk that... Especially in Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, I mean so here it's easy for me to say. I'm not out there playing, but it's, I think, one that should be taken. It's a risk that should be taken, but... At the same time, you know, you have to always keep that in the back of your mind of the liability involved that goes if if something crazy were to happen uh, if you go full steam ahead.
1: Well, to me, I I think you have to leave it up to the players, too. I mean, if they don't feel comfortable doing it, then they shouldn't then they shouldn't play. And if you have somebody on your team that has an underlying issue, health issue or whatever, then, you know, that may be more susceptible to to having, you know, an adverse reaction to, to contracting the the virus then, then they shouldn't play either uh, or they should be quarantined or put somewhere else. I, I I mean I I think there's extra steps that you could take to to help safeguard yourself and to make sure that that uh, the players themselves are, are comfortable.
2: And that's one of the things you got to tip your hat to Nebraska. I mean, as aggressive as they've been trying to push football forward, they've also been as conservative and precautious as you could be. And UNMC
0: is, it's not Scott Frost and right. Jared Lamprick right. making these decisions. They're being advised by the lead infectious disease experts for this country.
2: Yeah. And so, I mean, they are like going above and beyond making sure uh, they can do everything possible to keep everything under con- containment. But, not every school is doing that. I mean, look at South Dakota State. They're not doing anything. They're not the money. Yeah, and so, I mean, like, that's the risk you have of, you know, trying to play a, a season as usual is as much work as you do to try to uh, keep everyone safe and protect your program, there's another school that either can't do it or won't do it or isn't doing it nearly as well as you are. Because
0: without the state or federal support, like Test Nebraska, if you do that right now in Nebraska, it's free, you have to have a lot of money to pay for this. And the Big Ten teams, the SEC teams, they have the ability – To have the money to pay for what needs to be done but you mentioned south dakota state who needs to play nebraska to make their budget that needs state subsidies that to help their program they don't have the ability to test all their guys and 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 do that Um, so yeah it is going to be interesting to see i know nebraska um, just from the advice they've received from unmc um, there's not necessarily as big of a push to test and and track the asymptomatic guys anymore based on what they're told. They're more worried now about guys with symptoms um, because the data they've received from the UNMC is that people that are say asymptomatic their chances of spreading the virus are next to none it's the people with the symptoms that they really are trying to Mm -hmm. um, keep away from obviously the rest of the players on the team
2: right and that could be anything from a a sore throat a cough a a day or two fever whatever shortness of breath and you know that's again Nebraska has the resources to do those sorts of things but um, that's why you kind of got to look at what you know assuming there is going to be a season what will that season look like
1: Yeah, I found it interesting listening to uh, John Cook talk about what they're doing and and how – and he flat out said they've had uh, volleyball players who have been – you know set out of, of workouts and have been sent home and quarantined, only to find out that the symptoms that they had were just allergies um and it wasn't it yeah. wasn't coronavirus it was um it yeah
0: that's the Sahara dust that came up yes. this week i i my allergies no. flared up on yeah
1: that. um and so i mean they're taking extreme precautions here uh with anybody that has any sort of symptom and um you know they're filling out questionnaires multiple times a day and multiple times a day and um you know as far as how they're feeling and taking their temperature so on and so forth so i mean they're being extremely careful i i don't know there's no way you're going to keep everyone from uh from not getting it there's going to be some some people that get it but i think um just how controlled the environment is uh if you just did away with that it would spread much much faster well i think there's
0: this notion that you know your results immediately and it it's a three four day process 72 hours to find those results from the lab And I know Nebraska has found that if, you know, the UNMC lab stuff has been 100% from what I understand, like they've got great results, but there's been a couple of times where results might have to get shipped off to out-of-state labs, just in different circumstances. And some of those results may not be accurate. You know, you might have one say positive, then the other get retested and be negative. So there's a lot of questioning with the testing and everything. I think we're going to be talking about this for a long time. (laughs) It's not going away, Um, but... You brought up a regional schedule, Robin. I wanted to bring that up next in our next segment. If if the Big Ten had some teams that pulled out and it caused the Big Ten to kind of disband, Nebraska you know, could look at going to a regional schedule. Let's discuss options about a regional schedule next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.